of a wonderful God. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 28 this morning. The Gospel of Matthew chapter number 28. Our new theme for the year is Go Ye. Go Ye. And so I've titled the message this morning. It took me a long time to think this up. But I titled the message this morning, Go Ye into 2020. Amen. took me a while to come up with that. Okay, some of you didn't bring a sense of humor this morning, but really, anyway, pretty much what we're going to talk about. <clears throat> Matthew chapter number 28, back up, uh, well, we're not, we're not going to start right there at the Great Commission, back up just a couple of verses to verse number 16, we'll begin our reading there and kind of set the context of this message. Verse number 16, Matthew 28 verse 16 says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them, a place where he had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's pray and we'll get right on into it. Father, it's already been good to be here this morning. We're thankful for the opportunity we've had to sing songs unto you. We're thankful for the good choir special. Lord, I'm, I'm thankful for music that lifts you up and honors and glorifies you, and for the uh, special in song that we just heard, Lord, I, I, I do stand amazed, I'm still amazed that you would save someone like me and change my life completely and allow me to serve you, still just blows me away, I'm very thankful for it, and here we are, the very, the very first Sunday of this year, 2020, and we look forward to what you're going to do um, here at Riverside Baptist Church in this year, but Father, help us to be prepared. Um, help us, Lord, to be determined uh, this year that we would allow you to do more in our lives and use us more than you ever have in time past. Now we pray for your power, direction. Lord, you know our physical limitations this morning. We just pray that you'd help us to make it through. And Father, that you give us power to preach. And we thank you for all you're going to do. For we ask it in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do. Be seated. (coughs) I did that. Sorry about that. I did that. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, I didn't want to cough into a microphone, so I just busted all your eardrums. I'm sorry about that. Apologize for that. Apologize for that. We just came out of... uh, 2019. I mean, a, a year which uh, a lot of great things happened. Well, a lot of wonderful things happened here at Riverside Baptist Church as we worked harder to be ye doers. Our theme from last year, be ye doers. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Um, there is not a doubt that uh, it will enrich your life to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. And certainly we have proved that in this past year. And after reading the scripture and seeing the 
2020 theme up here, um, Go Ye. Truly, our minds just pretty much race right to the Great Commission. I mean, for Bible readers at all, have any understanding of, of, of Scripture, uh, our minds just race right to the Great Commission, which this is. This is the Great Commission. But our minds race there and think, yes, yes, Pastor, that's that's right. Let's go out and, and let's bring as many people to the Lord Jesus Christ this year as we possibly can. And, and I really do hope that is our thinking. I, I, I hope that is our thinking. Um, but the theme this year is much more, truly, excuse me, than just than just bringing people to Jesus, which is certainly the main thing. I mean, people need Christ, don't they? We know that's true. Um, see the need, reach the lost, and lead the way. See the need of people. Um, <clears throat> see, see the need of people needing Christ. Yes. Yes. And, and reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. Yeah, we want to do that. And, and, and preacher, lead them into the discipleship that they might learn all that God has for them to know? Yes, yes, yes. That would make for a great year, don't you think? No, no, if we all practice that, really practice that, that would make for a great year around here. No doubt about it. Of course that it would. But this morning, in this first Sunday of 2020, I think we need to start at the beginning of this. Because we want to, we want to keep things in perspective. Um, truly. So at this point, the end of the Gospel of Matthew, where the Lord Jesus gives the Great Commission, at this point in Scripture, we have to remember that Jesus had been crucified, that he'd been buried, that he rose from the dead. We have to remember that there had been many, many people that had seen him. And uh, that he uh, uh, knew, that Jesus knew that his time was coming to ascend to his Father in heaven. He knew that that time was coming, that he would be leaving. And because of that, he said this, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, because all power had been given to him, he's going to give them this great commission, go ye, therefore, and teach all nations the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them, discipling them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Preacher, shouldn't that say always? Oh, no, no, no. This is a word that means all along the way. It means he's going along with us. No, he, he gives us the great commission, but he goes along with us. We can't do it without him. Somebody say amen. Get on board right from the beginning here. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. <clears throat> and I can hear somebody thinking, well, preacher, you know, we understand that this is the great commission that Jesus gave to us and, and, and that we're to see the need for their salvation and that we are to reach the lost with the gospel of Christ and we are to lead the way in teaching them how to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, wow, that's, that's just pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, that's just laid out right there. It's just kind of simple, isn't it, preacher? Well, I don't know, is it? I mean, maybe we ought to think about this for just a little bit. Because it's easy just to jump to this scripture and read it and go, oh, yeah, it's a great commission. We're supposed to be doing all those things. But think about this. 
these 11 men, because he's just speaking to the 11 disciples that are there, these 11 men that Jesus is talking to had been following him, walking with him for approximately three and a half years. And still, get this please, still, all of them that were there, of the 11, all of them, um, they, all of them were not ready to receive what he was saying. They weren't ready to receive that. Well, what do you mean, preacher? Did you notice verse 17? It says, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, uh, but some doubted. They'd been walking with them day after day for three and a half years. He'd been teaching them, preparing them, discipling them for three and a half years. And still some doubted. You know, if after walking with Jesus personally for that long, some of them weren't ready for what he had to tell them, should we just assume, should we just assume that we are ready to see the need and reach the lost and lead the way? I'm talking about you and I personally. I mean, maybe we should start with seeing the need of our own spiritual growth. Where we are here at the beginning of 2020. I want us to look at just a few things about these men that followed Jesus for this time. His disciples. Um, We know this. We know that they answered the call to follow him. They answered the call. When he came, they answered the call. They had a desire. They had a desire to learn from the master. They had a desire to learn from, from, from Jesus. Matthew chapter four and verse number 19, the Bible says, and he saith unto them, Jesus did, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He said that was his call unto them. When, when Jesus passed by these men and when he issued out this call, they were going about their daily business. They were working their jobs. They were doing such. I mean, just going about their daily business. However, the opportunity to go with Jesus and to learn of him and to learn of his ways was a very strong pull. So, man, I have this opportunity to learn of him, what he has for me. And these men, stay with me here, these men left everything. They left all to follow the Savior. We too, you and I, that have been saved by the grace of God. We have an obligation to listen to his call. We have an obligation to that. No, no, I understand. Not, not, not everybody is going to leave their homes and leave their families and leave their jobs, though, though some will that he calls to full-time service. I mean, some will go on and, 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 and preach the gospel uh, right here in the United States of America. Some will go to other parts of the world, just as the tar waters are doing over in there. And certainly there's a lot of dark parts of the world. And they will leave all. They'll leave family. They'll leave their job. They'll leave everything. Come on, God is still calling people into the ministry. And, and, and they will leave everything and go on. And I understand not everybody will do that. But we should be willing to leave our life as we know it, if need be, that we might be what he would have us to be. No, come on, get this. I'm going to say it again. We should be willing to leave our life as we know it, if we need to, that we might be what he would have us to be. That we might be used in such a way that helps to get others to Christ. 
because the biggest need for people today is to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's the biggest need that people have. And following him is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. Uh, whether you, No, no, no. Whether you surrender to full-time Christian service and, and, and give up your occupation and go on and do what God wants you to do, or, or whether you just surrender completely whatever he has for you and, and, and stay right there in your local church and serve there, following him will cost you something. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, the Bible says, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. You know, it's not that God would have everyone give up everything that they have to follow him. Yet some do. I've known people just giving up everything so they could go and do what God would have them to do. He does expect us, though, however, to be willing to give so that others might hear. In that verse, he told this, he told this, this man, he said, he said, go sell what thou hast and give to the poor. When we think of the poor, usually our first thought goes to those that are homeless or, or those that have less than they need materially, those that, 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 that are down and out and things like that. And it's, 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 it's not wrong to think that way necessarily. We, we try here at Riverside Baptist Church to help folks when, when, as God would lead and to help people along that way. But what needs to come to our mind in a, in, as, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, what needs to come to our mind when we think of the poor is in this world, are those that have never heard the gospel. No, I'm not kidding. When we think of the poor, we need to think of those that have never heard the gospel. They are in need of riches that this world could never supply them. The greatest need for every man, woman, boy, and girl is the salvation of their soul. That's the greatest need. And it costs something, it costs something to get that message out. <clears throat> you, you know, I, 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 let, let, let me just ask you, are you involved in giving to your local church that others might hear the gospel? Because it's important. It's important. No, our giving is is important. It's important. It's important to the Lord. It, 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 it's important that we continue to try our best to to uh, help these missionaries that we support and the work that they're doing, and to get the gospel out here in Saint Joseph, Missouri. I, I mean, do you sit here week after week, month after month, partaking of the comforts? You know, the heat when it's needed, the AC when it's needed, lights and water, and all those things without helping financially. Because this isn't some social club. I mean, we gather together certainly to learn from God and to worship God and to praise Him in song and all those different things. But our main purpose at Riverside Baptist Church is getting the gospel out to people. It's the main thing. Stay with me here. It is the main thing that we do around here. We're busy getting the gospel out. We, we support, we support all these missionaries, the letters that you see around the auditorium. We support all of them because they're out busy. Uh, taking the gospel to people, starting new churches, uh, uh, training people up in the way that they should go, fulfilling the Great Commission. And it takes money to do that. 
people sit here week after week and, 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 and they say they're thankful for the bus ministry. They're thankful for the prison ministry. They're thankful for the refiner's recovery ministry. They're thankful for the jail ministry. They're thankful for the prison ministry. They're thankful for the youth ministry and all the other ministries here at Riverside Baptist Church. But do they have a regular part in supporting those things? Because all of those things take money. It takes money to operate, to get the gospel out to people. It takes money. It takes money to do all these different things. It, it takes money. And giving is a big part of our worship of God. It's really a big part of our worship. To really worship the Lord the way that we should, we, we need to be giving. I mean, no, let me ask you, do you enjoy it when missionaries come by to present their ministry, such as the Tarwaters being here this morning, to, to report of what God has been doing on their respective field to, to which God has sent them, but you're not involved in giving to missions through our Faith Promise Missions program? You say you want to help to get, you want to help preacher, yeah, we need to be helping these missionaries. Well, we're going to do all that we can with whatever comes in. We're going to do that. But the more that comes in, the more we can help. And we say, we, we say, yes, yes, it's a wonderful thing. We belong to a church that supports missionaries and we know where that money's going and what they're doing on the field and we get regular reports from them. That's a wonderful thing, preacher. Well, it's a wonderful thing, but are you involved in it? Because it is important. No, no, come on. I told you we're going to start. We're going to start here. We're going to start here at the beginning of all of this. Yes, we need to be going out and, 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 and telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, do our best to, to get them to a place where they trust Christ as their Savior. Uh, to, to baptize them and then continue to disciple them and help them to grow in the grace and, and, and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but before that we really begin to do those things, don't you think that we need to see the need that we have spent time with Jesus? We're following Him. We've said it is feet we're learning what he wants us to know and we're doing what he would have us to do before we can go out and try to help other people do what he would have them to do and you know right here the very first sunday of 2020 it's a good time if you're not involved in such things to get involved in such things well i know if i can these preachers all you care about is money that is not true that is not true that is not true whatsoever but i'm telling you to continue to do what god has commissioned us to do it takes money takes money i mean truly do you really think that you're going to receive all the blessing of god if you're robbing him well i tell you what preacher we've been blessed i mean we've got a nice house we got a nice car we got toys we got all these different things wait 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 wait. let me stop you right there that's not the blessing of god i mean it is the blessing of god to an extent but that's not the blessing of god that god wants to pour out on you The blessing of God that he wants to pour out on us is not tangible. Oh, no, no, no. It, it, it's that closeness to him. It's that fulfilling his purpose for our life. No, no, and God does bless us. Don't get me wrong. God does bless us with tangible things. I'm thankful, and, and, and God's not against that whatsoever. I'm not against that. 
God blesses people. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful God gives people good homes and nice cars and good clothes. All those things. It's not wrong to have those things by any stretch of the imagination. No, 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 no. But that is not necessarily the blessing of God. If you're missing out on that closeness to God and you're missing out of being used by God and you're missing out on seeing other people grow in the grace and nurture of our Lord because, because they, uh, because of what you are because of what are you, because of what, come on brain, because of what you are contributing along the way, I'm telling you, you're missing out on the true blessing of God. And part of that, well, is because, you know, people rob God. I don't rob God, preacher. Well, the Bible says that you do if you're not given the way that he would have. It also says that you're cursed with a curse if you're holding back what God would have you to give. No, really, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before time, the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, it's a wonderful thing when we begin to give to God the way he would have us to give to God. It's a wonderful thing to watch him take care of us. It's a wonderful thing to watch him supply. It's a wonderful thing to, to, to watch the blessings of God. <coughs> Excuse me, to watch the blessings of God that, that, that He can, He can help us along the way and that He can, boy, it's just an amazing thing how He can make that, He can make that 90% go further than the 100%. Truly, we're given to Him. And, and he, and, and he asks for, he asks for that 10%. And, and, and then, and, and, and that belongs to him. That belongs to him. That belongs to him. We tithe to prove we're honest. We're giving back what belongs to him. That belongs to him. He said, you robbed me in tithes and offerings. So we tithe to prove we're honest and then we give offerings above that to prove our love to him. To prove our love. And he wants us to do that. Come on, come on. This, this is basic Christianity right here. If we're missing out on this part, we're really missing out. This is, this is, this is so basic. It's so basic. Maybe it's time for, maybe it's time for you to see the need in your own life to give as God would have you to give. And if you've been around here at all for any, any amount of time, you've, you've heard me say this over and again. I don't, I don't want you to give one dime more than what God would have you to give. But I don't want you to give one dime less either. Because you're beating yourself out of the blessing of God. You're just, you're just beating yourself out of the blessing of God. Following Jesus will cost you something. Wow, that's man, preacher. That's just, that's just hard stuff. Well, following Him is not always the easy road. In fact, really, following him and becoming one of his true disciples, it keeps us out of our comfort zone. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, excuse me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
<laughs> maybe I should have, maybe I should have brought this point before I brought the last point. <laughs> if any man will come after me, follow him, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is where, stay with me here, this is where a lot of the more progressive churches build big crowds. What do you mean, preacher? Mm, Most of them don't talk about this type of stuff. Taking up a cross. Dying daily. They don't talk about that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to be ugly. Please, I'm not at all. But, I mean, if we're going to have sincere Christianity, if we're going to be true followers of Christ, we should take on the whole counsel of God, everything that God has for us. I, I, I want to be what God would have me to be, but it's not always easy. To follow Christ, to, to follow Christ, to learn of Christ, to be used uh, of Christ, and to be more like Christ includes that we die daily to those things that would keep us from being what He would have us to be. Dying to those things that keep us from being what he wants us to be. And it's not always easy. It's, it's, it's not always, you know, all fun and games. It's not. Because it may be dissolving friendships. No, no, there are times that we must separate ourselves from those that aren't headed in the same direction. If we're wanting to be more like Christ, if we are wanting to be more Christ-like, if, if we want to be the Christian that God wants us to be, I'm telling you, we have to die to self and live unto Him. Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? We have to be careful that we do not allow friendships to trump what God is wanting us to do. We may have to, no, 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 we may have to give up pleasures that hinder us from serving Him as we should. I'll say it again, we, we may have to give up pleasures that hinder us from serving Him the way that we should serve Him. And we have to ask ourselves this question, I think, right here at the beginning of, of, of two, uh, 2020. What comes first in your life? What comes first in your life? Well, preacher, come on, come on, preacher. Pastor, get off my back, would you? I'd really do more in ministry, but there's some things that I like to do. There's some things I like to do. And and those things are important to me. They're important to me. Um, Right. Right. But, But you know, it might do you well to ask God what He would have you to do. There are those in this church that have given up worldly pleasures that they might better serve God. Not necessarily things that were terribly sinful things. But they gave them up that they might better serve God. 
And in those instances that I have known about and know about, I have watched God bless them and their families over and again just for making choices that God wanted them to make, just for giving up pleasures that God wanted them to give up. And we need to be tender to that. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? What do you want me to do about this or that? What, 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 can, what can I do for you? Well, pastor, you don't seem to understand because my family and I, we just need to spend time together. I'm not against that. I think families ought to spend time together. I, I push Brother Andrew all the time to go and spend time with his family. I get out of this place. Go on. You don't need to work all the time. You need to get out of here. I push him. I, I, I'm not against that whatsoever. But maybe you could spend time together serving God. I, I, I mean, it just could be that you're teaching your children. Listen to me. It, it just could be that you're teaching your children that the things that they want to do are more important than what God would have them to do. Think about that one for a little while. I mean, isn't it important that we, isn't it important that first and foremost, that we see the need in our own life, in our own family, in our own home? Come on, that we would, that we would, that we would examine ourselves and make sure that we are where we need to be as a believer. See, the life that we're living shouldn't be all about us. It shouldn't be all about us. It should be about, it should be about Him. Uh, but, but that takes some dying to self, doesn't it? I mean, there's some things that sometimes we just have to say, no, I can't do this because I'm committed to serve God in this area. The men that Jesus was talking to here were willing to do whatever was needed to follow Him. Whatever was needed to follow Him. Preacher, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to get people to follow the Lord. I'm not trying to, no, 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 listen to me. I'm not trying to build a kingdom here. Heaven's the best, that's the last thing I want to do. I want people to follow the Lord. Because I know for a fact, if they will follow the Lord, they will be blessed because of it. They'll be blessed because of it. And I would be flat wrong not to preach the whole counsel of God. I'd be flat wrong. Wrong to not teach people and try to preach to people about dying daily. I'd be wrong not to, not to teach and preach about giving the way that we're supposed to be give. I would be flat wrong not to preach the whole counsel of God. I'd just be wrong in all of that. Because I know that the more we yield to God and the more that we do what God would have us to do, the more blessed that we are. I know that as we die to, to self and live unto Him, the more blessed we become. And not only we ourselves, but those that are around us. Or help because of it. Because the more Christ-like that we are, the more that we can help the people around us to try to live that life also. Well, it just seemed like you're trying to... Ha- it just seemed like you hound us all the time about, you know, these things we ought to be doing. I'm not going to hound you about anything that's not in this book. But in the year 2020, I probably will continue to hound you. Well, that went over good, didn't it? Man, oh man. 
I never was good at you know, uh, 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 you know, um, I never was good at pe- being a people pleaser. Just never was good at it. When I finally decided that I wanted to live my life the way that God would have me to live my life, and then for whatever, I still think He did wrong when He called me to be a preacher. When when I got that call, I said, "Oh no, you got the wrong number." But he was pretty insistent. But when I finally answered that call, I told the Lord, I just want to fulfill your purpose. And and I want other people, I want to help other people to fulfill your purpose and to live a life for you. Look, I want people to follow me as I follow Christ, just the same way the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But I don't want people necessarily to be followers of Bill Marshall at all. I want them to be followers of him. And when it comes about that way, please stay with me. When it comes about that way, we can't pick and choose what we like in the Bible and what we don't like in the Bible. We, we just have to say, Lord, what will I have me to do? I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll be whoever you want me to be. I just want to be what you would have me to be. You know, this would solve so many problems in homes. It, I mean, it would solve so many. No, no, I'm not kidding. It would solve so many problems in marriages, so many problems in families. I mean, it would solve so many problems if everyone would just decide side, I'm going to do my very best to be what God wants me to be. It would solve so many things. And it would help, no, no, and it would help so many more people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ before the time of His return. But these men had also spent time at his feet. They decided to follow him, so they spent time at his feet, learning from him. Back in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, we have the Beatitudes and and then the Sermon on the Mount. And we know this, that back then that the the disciples, they went up onto a mountainside and, and they sit down with Jesus and they allowed him to teach them what ta- what it takes to be more Christ-like. Excuse me, they were willing to give of their time to listen and to learn. And 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 there is much much in in, in those chapters, Matthew 5, 6 and 7. But even if we would just begin working and learning and implementing the beatitudes, just the beatitudes, the beginning of that, we, we could do more for His cause. We could do more in this life. We'd be more of what God would have us to be. Uh, this past year, uh, we, we preached through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We preached through the Gospel of Matthew, and, and, and we preached through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I don't remember how many messages it took to get through those three chapters. I know it was a whole bunch because everything he says in there is so convicting. And it takes work. Let let me ask you a question. Do you see the need? I told Sunday school class this morning, I've said it a lot anyway, but... Our our walk with God is a personal walk. We have a personal God. And He deals with us on a personal level. 
so let me ask you a question. Do you see the need in your own life to learn more from him that you might better live for him and that you might better serve him? Let's think of the Beatitudes. Come on, we're moving along good here. Let's think of the Beatitudes for just a minute. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 3 says, Blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And when it talks about the poor in spirit, it's talking about those that are humble. It's talking about humility. You know, we'll never be all that God wants us to be if we're not willing to drop our pride and see the need to do things His way. Well, I've got this all figured out. You probably don't. No, no, if you're not doing it God's way, you probably don't. No, go ahead and say it again. You probably don't. No, 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 no. We have to be willing to drop our pride because God does speak to us and He does correct our thinking, doesn't He? And He tries to correct the path they're on, doesn't He? He tries to do those things. And if, if, if we'll not be humble, if, if, if we'll not practice humility, if we'll not get, uh, if we'll not yield to God when He's trying to do something in our life, we're not ever going to go forward. We need to see things His way. But it goes on in verse number four. Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. Well, what's that all about? Um, do your sins bother you? Because it's talking about mourning over your sin. Come on, years and years ago, these altars that you see up here, they were called mourner benches. Because it's where people came to mourn over their sin, to confess their sin to God, broken because they had disappointed God or disobeyed God or whatever the case may be. I mean, they were called mourner benches. And, and, and do, do you, do you mourn over the fact that you have offended God when you sin? I mean, have you become so callous spiritually that you can just do things that you know that you shouldn't be doing and never think about going to God and confessing those things, I may be, listen to me, maybe there is some work that you need to let God do in your life right here at the beginning of this year. See the need in your own life. It goes on. Verse number five, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Are you of a meek spirit? Or do you mind always getting your way? Do you get upset with things that don't go the way that you want them to go? Do you make the people around you miserable when everything isn't exactly the way that you would like for it to be? Do you see the need to do things differently for Christ's sake? Blessed are the meek. Verse number 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, the right way, God's way, for they shall be filled. Let me ask you a question. Are you hungry for the things of God? Do you seek Him on a regular basis? Do do you want to have a closer walk with Him? I mean, no, no, you have this desire, hungering and thirsting, Baba. Or could it be that you're so full of the things of this world and the things of the flesh that you have no real desire, no real desire to seek God with all of your heart? Well, I'd rather have this and have that. There's problem then, isn't there? Come on, we need to see the need of that, don't we? Come on. Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And people people get that all out of kilter and, and, and they want all these things, you know. God, will you please give me this and give me that. Take care of this and all these things. But they don't seek him first. Maybe, just maybe, you need to get rid of some of those things 
and change your appetite that you might be filled with the right things. Verse number 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Do you show mercy to others the way that God has shown mercy to you? Okay, let me, let me turn it. Do you desire mercy from others? But when it's time, uh, 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 when, when it's them that needs mercy from you, well, that's a different story. Well, what's this all about, preacher? It's about being Christ-like. No, no, it's about being Christian. Well, I'm saved. Man, the greatest thing ever happened that you're saved, but are you Christian? Well, you're talking about it got me confused now. Well, it's you can be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and not be Christian because that word means Christ-like. And to be Christ-like is more than just dressing a certain way or going to church on Sunday morning. Being Christ-like means that we want to follow the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ that we might be more of what He says we should be than what we want to be. Verse number 8 over there says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So so are you are you pure in heart? What does that mean? Well, single-minded. Single-minded about what? About what God wants. I don't know if I'm following you, preacher. Well, is your heart's desire to be more like Christ? Or is there a conflict of interest in your life? Are you still with me here? If, 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 no, no, no. You want to be more of what God would have you to be, but there are other things that seem to keep you from getting there. Maybe you need to make God your number one priority. And in verse number 9 over there, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Does it cross your mind regularly to tell others about Jesus? I mean, to be a peacemaker between those lost in their sin and the one that can forgive them of all their sin? Be a peacemaker? Do you see the need to get the gospel out to those that are around you? Okay, one more. Verse number 10 over there in Matthew chapter 5 says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now this is a good test of whether or not we are fulfilling the others. I'm not sure I'm following you, preacher. Well, let me ask you this question then. Do you take it on the chin at times because you have separated yourself and your family unto God and there are those that just don't understand why you've done that? No, no, you made a decision. You're not going to go here and you're not going to go there and you're not going to do this anymore and you're not going to listen to this anymore and not going to watch this anymore and all these different things. You made these decisions and so it's people are like, well, I can't believe uh, it wasn't that long ago you were doing the same thing. Who do you think you are? You think you're just better than we are? What is going on? Come on, you know what I'm talking about here? And we're persecuted because we're trying to do what God would have us to do. 
good night, preacher. I mean, I mean, we're supposed to just try to be persecuted. Not, that's not what I'm saying. The Bible says that all those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So if we're trying to live the, the life that God wants us to live, the Bible says it will come. And so you've separated yourself unto God and you're trying to live for Him and so people treat you like you're some type of a religious, religious fanatic because you put God and His church first. I mean, maybe you're even excluded from, from family get-togethers or you're persecuted when you attend those things because of your stand for God. I mean, do, do those, to those at work avoid you because you refuse to be involved in, in their worldly conversations? Or do you just still fit right on in with the crowd? I mean, can you see any of these needs in your own life? Pastor Marshall, this is not a good way to win friends and influence people. My heart's desire is to influence people to live for God. And I want to be a friend to everyone, but I've got a responsibility to tell people the truth, whether they like it or not. Well, you're not going to build a big church that way. It's not my responsibility to build a church. I'll say it again. It's not my responsibility to build a church. Jesus said, I will build my church. He gave me the responsibility to be an overseer of the ones that he sends in here. And he commissioned me to tell them the truth. To tell them the truth. I want people to be more like Christ. Because I know if they're more like Christ, that their life is going to be better. Well, it didn't sound like it, all that stuff you got. No, 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 you don't understand. You know, the reason that most people don't like it when they hear all that stuff is because they're not doing that. They're not trying that. But I'm telling you, when we begin to try to live that life with the help of God, by His strength, by His grace, when we really begin to try our best to live the way that He says that we should live, I guarantee you, it brings about a joy that this world could never, ever bring about in our life. It's fact. Well, I don't know if that's truth. The only reason you don't know if it's true is because you've never practiced it. You never tried it. No, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just saying there's a lot of people. No, no, no. There's so many Christians out there that are so far removed from this. They're so far removed from this. Preacher, you, you probably could have come back. You probably could have come up with a better Sunday morning message. You know, you probably could have come up. Well, I just felt like I probably ought to preach what God laid on my heart. Well, don't think you're ever going to change me. Not my responsibility to change you. It's my responsibility to tell you what God says. With great hopes that you will just listen to Him and do what He says because that's when the blessings come. Come on. Come on. Well, I guess I'll just conform into your image and that way, you know, you'll be satisfied with everything. No, 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 no. If you do that just for me or for somebody else, I tell you what it's going to do. It's going to cause great, um, 
it's going to cause great confusion in your life because you're doing it for the wrong purpose instead of for your love for Christ, your love for God. You're doing it for the wrong reason. And because of that, the grace of God is not real and the strength of God is not real and the joy of the Lord is not real. And pretty soon you're just stuck in some religion where you just don't know why they demand so much from you. I'm telling you, when we're listening to God and submitting to Him and yielding to Him and by His grace, by His grace, we are being changed. It's not grievous it's joyful well what do you want this year for riverside baptist church i want us to be closer to god than we've ever been all of us but we have to practice it i mean we really have to work at it takes effort on our part. takes dying to self. It takes these things that we've talked about. Absolutely so. Reach the lost? Absolutely. Yes, yes, we need to reach the lost. We need to get them to Jesus. And yes, we need to disciple them after they have trusted Christ as their personal Savior. But first, first, please, ladies and gentlemen, first, we need to see the need of our own lives. And so I'm asking you this morning, not for an answer, not for show of hand, nothing. I'm asking you this morning to ask yourself this question. Where am I this morning spiritually? Where am I spiritually? Do I see the need in my own life that God wants me to see? Go ye. There in verse number 19 Matthew 28, where it says, go ye. I have ye circled and a line drawn up to the margin of my Bible, and I wrote my name, Bill. Go, Bill. Because it is a personal thing. We need to take it personally. Our desire should be to be used. Our desire should be to be used by our great God. But let's make sure that we are allowing him to have his way in our lives first. And I'm telling you, that can start today if we're willing to yield. That can start today, the first Sunday of the year 2020, if you so desire it. But if you don't desire it, it's not going to just happen. It's not going to just happen. Go ye into 2020. Heavenly Father, here we stand, the beginning of this new year that you have given us. And we, we stand here knowing, knowing, that you want us to be conformed into the image of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And by your word, we know that there are some things that we need to be doing or some things maybe we should abstain from doing. And and I have no need of all the personal things that are going on in people's lives but I know the greatest needs of Lord Jesus Christ. And if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, I pray that they would come today and they would trust Christ as their Savior before it's too late. They would turn their heart to God and put their faith and trust in Christ. 
before it's eternally too late. And then, dear God, we pray for those that do know Christ. I don't know how you may have spoken to hearts, but you do and they do. And they know, Lord, what you're trying to do. Our desire is that they would just yield to you. Father, that they would see the need in their own life to do what you would have them to do. Just to surrender, to yield, to go your way. That's our prayer for this morning, for invitation time. And I pray as people come and they bow a knee to you, that you'd show them great grace and that they would be off to a wonderful start of their walk with you in this new year. Bless this time of invitation. Help us, we pray, and ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's start with, uh, stand with our heads bowed.